the name of the show is Grit, formerly known as Quit. We're all about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. You can call in live to the show at 512-518-5714. That's 512-518-5714. We may get a chance to take your calls today. I have a special guest with me sitting in from the uh, from his uh, studio, which is actually just an empty apartment. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Live and direct from Portland, it's Andy McMillan. Good on paper. The manual, XOXO. What else have you done, Andy? How, how else will people know you if that doesn't jog their memory? Uh, build, a thing I ran. Yeah, a little in, thing uh, called Build. In Ireland for five years, Design Festival. I ran in, in Belfast for five years. Uh, that's probably it. I was uh, inconsequential up until about six, seven years ago. So. Very modest. It's actually not true. Uh, but... This is uh this is a, this is a great time for you because XOXO. Oh, and by the way, Hattie Cook sitting right here in the Austin uh, Austin headquarters in the the five by five newsroom right here. How are you, Hattie? I'm doing lovely. Uh, we also have uh, we want to I want to mention our sponsors. We're doing it. This is a very special episode of of Grit, and it's uh, brought to you by Casper, the amazing. Uh, you know you know what? He already has a bed up there in Portland. Yeah. It's probably not great though. But uh, we'll tell you about Casper and their beds. <laughs> we also want to say thank you to Verona State Anywhere and Squarespace. We'll tell you more about them as the show continues. Uh, bandwidth is sponsored by Cashfly, C-A-C-H-A-F-L-Y uh, dot com. Tell them we sent you Andy McMillan. Guys, can I tell you real quick? I'm sitting on top of a Casper mattress. Are you <gasps> really? Yay! At the moment, I have Awesome. I own a Casper mattress. It's the single greatest thing I've ever bought. Oh my I'm not gosh! Even I'm kidding. Look, I couldn't have planned it better. Damn, Casper's going to be thing. so. You're going to have to tell. Uh, is it who is it? Bonnie. Bonnie, yeah. Bonnie. go tell Bonnie. She'll uh, she'll freak out. Okay, good. All right. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna get to uh, we'll get to the Casper thing later, but I just want to say congratulations to you on uh, the third uh, installment of the this thing called XOXO, the XOXO Festival. The unconference, the summit, uh, tower of power that you and uh, uh, the, uh, Andy Bayo mm-hmm. have created. This is the third year running, and each year I uh, leave the leave it. I I may accidentally call it a conference. I know I'm not supposed to call that the festival, uh, meeting of the minds. Every year I leave it, and I'm like, wow, I, this is in- inspirational. I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to make something. And to be able to create that feeling in so many people year after year, I mean, that seems like a a huge undertaking. And we've every year, I think every year, Hattie, has it been every year? We've had a follow-up episode with one or both of the Andes. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel a little bit bad. Bayo isn't here. Yeah, he's not. He's too busy, I guess. Too busy. He's big, he's bigger than all of us now. Yeah, yeah. screw him. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he's doing all of the he's over the, the donkey work after XO. I am here. My parents are are still here, so I've been I've been taking care of my parents for the last few days. Yeah, um, your your so father he, your father uh, showed up at the XOXO festival. I didn't see if he had a pass or not. If he was legit, oh, we did. <laughs> okay. Of course. Because I was checking passes. If he didn't have a pass, he wouldn't be there. Okay. He did have, uh, like, overalls. Hattie, was it overalls or suspenders? I would call them suspenders. Suspenders. Yes, he does. He's very keen on his suspenders. And he wears them with, like, a a vest shirt thing. Yes, that's his whole aesthetic. I love it. It fits right in in Portland. Does he live in Portland or was he visiting from uh, from overseas? 
No, my my uh, my brother lives in Bristol. My parents are both uh, in Belfast. They flew just over four and a half thousand miles oh my uh, to 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 come to Exo, and they're here through the end of the month. They're uh, visiting Portland for the very first time. All three of them. Oh wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's and, very uh, exciting. Well, the whole thing is exciting, and for people who who uh, I guess there's people around who haven't been to XOXO and don't know what it is. Could you give us? a quick example, a summary rather, of what this thing is uh, so that they know what we're about to be talking about. So we refer to it as an experimental festival uh, which celebrates independently produced art and technology. It's a, it's experimental because we change things every year. You guys have been every year, and I'm sure you've seen it sort of evolve over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it focuses primarily on, on independence, people who are using technology, particularly the web, uh, in interesting ways, to retain uh, creative and financial control of their work. And they're using the technology and the web in interesting ways to produce uh, interesting projects. And so it has, it's sort of evolved over the years. The first few years of XO, we were sharing stories from independent makers and artists who were just doing interesting things. And we put them up on stage for, for a couple of days and they talked about their stuff. This year, it kind of evolved a little bit, particularly... Um, Particularly this year, it kind of evolved a little bit more into stories of uh, difficulties with being independent. Um, the whole sort of mantra this year was that, uh, you know, independence can be lonely. And we were talking about kind of the, the problems that uh, that can occur with being an independent um, maker. And, uh, and so, yeah, so it focuses on, on two days of the conference, on Saturday and Sunday, but we run a whole festival as well. So from Thursday night through to Sunday night, we run a bunch of different events. We have parties all over the city. We run, uh, we had a new event this year, which was called Story, which was like live podcasts, recordings, and storytelling, great. which was fantastic. Everything was fantastic this year. We're really happy with how everything went, but especially the festival um, we build a, 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 an arcade and we bring in independent video games and all of the designers and developers are there to play them with you. We do music. Um, we have film, uh, evening of film and animation, um, screening early cuts of things, tabletop board games. We do a full evening. Did I remember everything? Uh, we have a jam-packed festival full of, full of tons of events and our, our opening and closing party. And uh, yeah, and it was a tremendous amount of fun for a third year but also very uh, exhausting. Very yeah, tiring. I mean, it, there's a, mm-hmm. there was a shot of you and the other Andy laying, I think you guys were laying on the ground or something. In, on stage. It was On stage, I mean, and it was over, and it was great because it was like a shot down at the and two of you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys, this is something, and you've done, you mentioned Bill Kampf in the beginning of this. I mean, you've done things like conferences like this uh, or festivals or experimental events for a while, and it... I mean, you, you, you seem to kind of know what you're doing, but even so, it seems like the amount of work that goes into this behind the scenes that we don't see, uh, it, 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 must, it must just be months and months and months of making all of this to come together because there weren't any, well, except for one thing, which we'll talk about, there weren't any real problems, you know, things just worked. They just went off and, and to make something happen 
It's, it's, you know, uh, we do these shows here where I'll have a couple guests and we'll stream audio. Like, something goes wrong every time, you know? And to put on something of this scale with this many people involved, guests and speakers and a venue and food and water and all of this other stuff, like, months and months of months of full-time hard work with the team, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because we spend roughly nine months working MXO um, uh, right up until, uh, until last weekend. And you kind of you you you're sort of collecting all of the things that uh that you couldn't do as you approach the event and so like speakers who couldn't make it or things that canceled that couldn't that weren't going to happen and so the closer you get to the event you're like uh you know you kind of lose some enthusiasm and you're and then you're tired and you like so the closer you get to the weekend like Andy and I are just like oh god we, like are we going to do this again we're not going to do this again this is exhausting and like there's all these disappointments and stuff and then the weekend happens and you're like oh wait all the stuff that we did book that was that wasn't a problem <laughs> that we got to immediately dismiss right. it it showed up and happened and this is incredible and so it's yeah it kind of works like that where like it, yeah, I mean, it is. It's a, it's a lot of planning, and you do you sort of you, you only really remember the bad stuff uh, whenever you're you're planning it, and then the weekend actually happens, and it's very it's very easy to forget. Like you don't need to store the stuff that's going well whenever you're planning it, because mm-hmm. as soon as you lock something in and it's confirmed, you're like, okay, we don't need to think about that anymore. It's done, and uh, that's why it's this kind of really kind of emotionally exhausting experience as well for that reason, and, and for a lot of others is that you know when we show up. It's very easy for Andy and I to forget just how fun it's going to be and all of the stuff that we did kind of get right. And um, and I mean, so much of it has absolutely nothing to do with it. I, you know, 99.9% of it has nothing to do with us. You know, we book stuff and they show up and that's got nothing to do with us. That's just an email. And those people, you know, our speakers this year have, were incredible. Everything, all the people we brought in from the festival, it was just absolutely fantastic but that has nothing to do with us you know they show up and they participate and that's what brings so much of that energy to the event and it's you know it's just it's it's it just kind of it's it can be very exhausting uh like going through that like emotional flip to be right up to the edge of xo thinking like oh we're tired and this is like all the stuff that's going wrong and then you get there and you're like oh that doesn't matter anymore this is awesome hey yeah i mean i can only imagine because in the planning part you're almost you almost can forget about the thing that's going to happen you're working on building that thing and the pieces that go into it right and then exactly then the thing happens you're like oh right this is the actual thing we've been trying to do not all these other details you know and it's but again i mean i can only imagine how much work goes into it i was um we hattie and i were running around with this little recorder uh talking to uh talking to people at the festival we didn't you know we didn't want to like be creepy but we just kind of walk up to somebody and say hey you know tell me about what you do and why are you here and what's what's the most fun thing so we have these little audio clips that we'll we'll tack on to this um there are at least a few of them anyway we got a a whole bunch and i went up to uh i went up to to andy bale and i said can i like talk to you for like 30 seconds seconds." like 15 seconds and he i i guess he, I guess the best expression for this would be he short-circuited. It was like you had suddenly caused him so much pain. He, he kind of looked. He looked suffering. down. He looked down, and he's like, I, uh. and his brows furrowed, mm-hmm. and he was like, I, 
And <laughs> you could tell he was feeling. It seemed like on the one hand he wanted to do it, but then he knew that he was he was like in a zone and he couldn't not do what he was doing. But he, he wanted to do it. But he was feeling bad if he didn't do it. And then he knew if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be. And 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 so he literally he just he said, "I'm sorry." I yes. I'm sorry. And then he like ran. He, uh, so, and then I tried to get you to, to, to have a little clip, even though I knew we were going to be doing this after. And, uh, and you said, yes, uh, give me, g- yes, give me two minutes and then I'll, I'll stay here. And well, in my defense, uh, I said, give me two minutes and I'll come back. And I went away for two minutes and I came back and you weren't where I left you. Like you had, <laughs> you had, you had disappeared. It was hot and then out I did there. Go looking for you. Was, and then someone else grabbed me about something else. Okay, because I, I knew we were going to do this, so I, it was okay. But right. uh, but it, this just shows you are literally being pulled in a hundred different directions. And I think the listeners, you know, most of the people listening to this show probably are not putting on events like this. But in their day to day life, right in their in their day to day life, they're pulled in lots of directions. And people are always asking me, you know, how do you? Uh, do these different things that you do? How do you do shows and also r- run the business and do the sales? And I think everybody can relate to being pulled in lots of directions. You seem to have this intense moment of crisis that lasts for a couple of days where you're in this constant mode and, and then maybe it, it cools down. But I think a lot of people have, are pulled in a lot of directions on a, on a, on a daily basis in their work, even if they're not a thousand people making, you know, watching to see if they fail. There might be three people watching to see if they fail, or there might be a big project to see if they fail. Is that part of your concern? Are you worried that like something terrible is going to happen? I I totally forgot that this is like a show where we're supposed to be offering to. helpful. No, advice. we don't have to do that. <laughs> right? We can so just I'm BS. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that. I'm gonna try to offer some helpful advice. And I think the biggest thing that I have. Uh, that I have learned, and I think it's—I guess it's circumstance as well—is that um, it's okay to rely on other people. Like, and that was—that was the whole—that was the whole, was the whole uh, ethos of EXO. Very deliberately this year, kind of was leaking into the story last year, but that was very much what we were focusing on this year. Is that if you are a person who's working in something, particularly if you're if you're working in something on your own, it's absolutely okay to ask for help. It doesn't dilute the fact that you are making something and having to share it with someone else. I used to be very like this. Like I, I wanted to have creative control over everything that I did, and I was very stubborn. I didn't, I didn't want to have to share anything with anyone and like get them to like allow them to, you know, pollute it with their opinions. And I, I you know, I was very cautious of this stuff. But actually, that you know, the reason why um, I feel like I can more or less juggle um what's going on is because i have andy bayo who uh, he and i are i think very complementary personalities where the stuff that i am bad at he is good at and vice versa um and also with the manual i you know i've been very lucky to find some very excellent people to work with there and and it's letting people kind of come in and and help you when you need help and trying to recognize the stuff that you aren't very good at doing yourself. It's okay to let other people come in and help with that stuff. And so, you know, and it, it goes wider than that, that there's like Andy and I work on XO full time and I work uh, on the manual full time with, with Paulo, who is designing the website and Mari, who's running kind of operations, project management stuff. But we bring in tons of other people, you know, 
Andy and I are one very small part of XO. We bring in teams to, to run absolutely everything, particularly because we're in a giant warehouse that hasn't been touched for years. Um, you know, it's, it's about recognizing the stuff that you aren't especially good at and letting yourself feel comfortable kind of recognizing that in yourself and sharing, uh, sharing your work enough that other people can come in and be a part of it and, and help you be better. Is that, so, yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, okay. okay. So <laughs> let me let me say this back to you, or, or throw this back to you. That's great that you can finally have enough tr- trust to let these people step in and do the thing that they're good at that you're not good at. There's two responses to that. One of them is inevitably they will mess up, and two. Uh, what happens when they do mess up and how do you respond to that? Uh, you found this person, you said, okay, take care of this thing. Then they take care of that thing, but they don't, it's not that they don't do it the way you want them to do it because nobody will ever do something exactly the way. Uh, and, and in many cases, fortunately, they won't do it the way you want them to do it. They'll do it better, right? But what happens when it goes wrong? How do you sort of handle that? Do you, do you, you know, especially in a case like this where there are a thousand people watching you? Um, I mean, Andy and I's relationship, I think um, we, I mean, we've had plenty of fights and we've disagreed on stuff uh, in previous years, but I think resolution comes from a mutual, mutual respect for one another. And there are some times where I will back off an argument because I know he knows more and I might strongly disagree, but I'm just, I'm just going to back off because it's something that he knows more uh, about than than I do, and so I'll I'll let him have it, and uh, and and vice versa. Sometimes he'll say, "Look, you know more about this stuff. You do whatever the hell you want. That's fine." And I think I don't really have I don't really have a, a an answer to that. I does don't one think. does one of you have a final say? Like, is there a a hierarchy or a boss in some ways, like at a 49, 51 kind of a no. split or is it 50, 50 or how do you, how do you make, if, you know, if he's saying, no, we got to do it like this. And you're like, we can't do it like that. It has to be like this. It, it, have you, you've never hit a stalemate. You've always eventually. But, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's happened a few times, but, um, normally it just gets resolved. Uh, Andy and I kind of like carved little parts of XO that we kind of run more than what, than another. Uh, and so like the design and the, the, um, kind of, uh, all of the stuff that we do for the fabrication projects and the print stuff, all of that kind of stuff is that's what I, uh, take care of. And Andy does curation and the speakers and booking people for the festival and then we kind of juggle production stuff. Andy will do a lot of production in advance, and I do production closer to the event. And so generally, whenever like something comes up, uh, it'll we we tend to default to like if it's a design thing, Andy will typically say like, "Okay, this is kind of your thing. I I disagree, but you can do it the way you want because this is kind of your part." Uh, or if it's like booking a speaker or someone for the festival, I'm like, I don't know, I don't really, you know, I'm not into this. And he'll, uh, and if he's pushing for it, normally, I don't know, we're, I think we're both very good at articulating our arguments. And so we've never, I don't think we've ever got to a point where we've been like, absolutely no way. We're both bumping heads here right. and we're not ever going to be able to resolve this. 
Um, I think that we do have actually quite a healthy... Andy is just someone who is very uh, upfront and honest, and he doesn't harbor uh, you know, resentment. He wouldn't say yes when he actually meant no in order to just resolve an argument. He will, he communicates very well. And I think I have actually, you know, I don't have an answer for that question because I've actually just been incredibly lucky to work with people where that has never really been a huge problem where we, you know, we never get to a point where an argument just stops and there's never going to be a resolution. I, I, I tend to find myself working with people who communicate incredibly well and I'm not stubborn to the point where I will just say no and say, okay, I'm, I quit if you, if you don't agree with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but see, that's really good advice in and of itself, isn't it? That, that for the people you're going to be working with, the people you'll essentially be having a partnership with, it's incredibly important to find people who are like that, who are willing to talk about things and share ideas. And, you know, it's... The thing to do these days is to, you know, find, and you, you see this all over the place, is like find a co-founder, find a founder, and they'll have these meetups and things like that where you're like, I'm a designer and, and I have this idea. And someone else will say, well, I'm a developer and I have this idea. And then there'll be this third person and she'll say, well, I have good marketing experience. And they'll find each other and work together almost out of convenience as opposed to the desire to kind of work together because you have a shared vision or a shared concept. How did you guys decide to do this thing in the first place? How did you realize that you guys were both on the same page about it? Yeah, I, I hear stories of, of that happening all the time. It seems very artificial. Like, yeah, I, Andy and I, again, <laughs> I don't know if I can offer a lot of practical advice because Andy and I met in the most bizarre way when, uh, when Andy w was, uh, you, uh, your Google folks, because I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to get into a lot of backstory here, but Andy got, uh, set a lot of court for um, using, uh, I had to, it's a whole thing, Google Andy Bayo kind of bloop, uh, and it, it'll, uh, there's a whole blog post. He had to set a lot of court for uh, a Kickstarter project that, uh, that he'd worked on. Um, he produced an album cover for the kind of bloop that was, uh, pixel art version of the Jay Maisel photo uh, from the cover of, of Miles Davis Kind of Blue. And, uh, and so he, he uh, one of the concessions of that uh, settlement was that he got to blog about the experience and write about fair use and copyright. And he, um, the day that he posted that was actually the first time I was ever in Portland. And uh, he had tweeted later that day saying, hell of a day. Got to go for a beer. Does anyone want to meet up for a beer? And so, uh, so I went over, and I had never met him before. I've been reading Waxy for some time, as has everyone. Uh, and and so I just met him. I shook his hand and said hi. But I did. I don't think I talked to him for any more than thirty seconds or a minute. That was the first time I met him. But I also met uh, Nevin Morgan, who works for Panic, that evening. And he, uh, I told Nevin, I'm in love with Portland. I am going to move here. I would love to run an event here. You know, I've been here for a few weeks and I'm already just like absolutely enamored by the energy and the creative community here. Like I would just I'd love to move here and try to like bring my stuff with me, my projects with me here. And so a few months later, I, I got an email from Andy saying, uh, you know, I have been talking to my friend Nevin. He said that you're thinking about running an event here. It seems like it might be kind of similar to something that I'm working on. If you're in Portland, let's get a beer. Um, let's, you know, let's let's have a conversation. And so we, uh, 
I, I met up with him then a couple of days later and we went for a beer and I said, you pitch what you're working on. I'll pitch what I'm working on. <laughs> if they're similar, let's see if we can maybe work together. That'd be kind of fun. I don't, we don't know each other, so maybe you don't want to do that. Um, and if they're, if they're distinct enough, let's try to sit like six months apart. So we're not using hotel blocks and stuff and kind of complicating things. Um, and so Andy told me what he was working on and, uh, I didn't have to pitch my thing because we were effectively working on, on on the same thing. He had already got a name for it. That was he was a little bit further ahead than me. He wanted to call it XOXO, and I still make fun of him all the time because I'm like, oh, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard. I've actually fallen in love with it over the past few years. But I remember at that meeting thinking, oh, I got to call it something less stupid than that. Uh, and so, th- and that was it. We you know we shook hands that evening, and and I think I told the story at the end of XO this year that actually Andy and I's our, our friendship has been completely wrapped in XO that right. the day that we like met and had a conversation for the first time, the conversation was, Hey, you want to work together on something? And so essentially what I, my story is, is meet up with a total stranger and start a business with them. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend that anyone do that because it's so incredibly risky. Uh, you know, you should probably get to know that person first make sure that they're not a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I, now to, to, you know, speaking to the lunatic concerns, both you and he had a fairly well-established presence on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. You coming from a history of, uh, of, of doing great conferences and being, you know, being a writer, being somebody that, that people know. And then, you know, Andy, of course, with his projects and the different things that he's done and, uh, so it's, it's not like you just, you guys sort of bumped into each other at a bar and said, ah, let's go do a company. There was this bad, of course you did, you didn't know what it would be like to work together, but you did have a knowledge of each other. You were both people who could be known about in other words, so that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like you didn't sort of have that background that had to help. Right. Yeah, I mean that 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 definitely helped that we kind of trusted each other because we, you know, Andy had known the stuff that I'd worked on and I knew the stuff that he had worked on. But so much of of working together with another person is just their personality, and you know, I, I, Andy certainly, you know, a lot of his personality comes across in his writing, but it's still very risky. Like I would not, I don't know if I would if I would recommend just like meeting up with someone. Uh, like I don't know if there's practical advice to be to be given there because I feel like it probably would have been the sensible thing to do would have been to you know get to know that person on a on a on a personal level first because actually you know what has ultimately happened is that Andy and I are 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 the best of friends and we're very very close uh, and the reason why we are the best of friends and we got very close is because we ended up working together and it's been you know it's been. It's it's a very odd relationship, and I don't know if that could actually be replicated. Replicated, right? Yeah, uh, anywhere else. It, you know, it was. Uh, I I mean, I just I do a lot of stupid things, and I take a lot of dumb risks. Uh, and, and sometimes there is a, a net positive, like in terms of having XO in my life, and sometimes there, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work. But I guess that's probably where that uh, came from. Is that I'm just like, oh. Eh, well, Okay, uh, let's start a festival together. I don't know who you are, but yeah, sure, screw it. I think this is gonna be fun. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and and you know what? It, like, if it hadn't, if it hadn't have worked out, I mean, it's it's not like you had 
you know, said, well, we're going to, we're going to, you invested a, a lot of time in this, but it's not like you were, you know, taking $5 million of VC money or, you know, investing your life savings uh, into it either. Right. I mean, it, it was a huge amount of time and it was your reputation and your credibility. Those are important things, <laughs> but it, you know, it, if it hadn't have worked out, you could have sort of shaken hands and, and gone the other way and said, man, boy, that sure didn't work out the way we wanted, but you wouldn't have been like, and I'll never recover financially, you know? Well, yes, that's also true. The, the, the risk was quite low that when, that when we shook hands and we decided to work on XO together, if it had turned out in a couple months later that he was a jackass, I could have just been like, ah, you know what? I'm done. Uh, this isn't going to work. And, you know, we really wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have lost any money. Um, it, so long as, you know, it was pre-announcing things, I guess it probably would have been okay. The, the risk, relatively speaking, was quite low. Uh, if, if finances had been involved or, or if it got any more complicated than that, then probably, yeah, you're right. It, uh, it, it would have been a disaster. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I think, I just think it lends to, I don't want this to be the Andy Bayo Lovin show but I think it just—I think it lends quite well to Andy and I, uh, our our relationship. I like that the origin story of our of our friendship and of XO is this weird like we just met up and shook hands and worked on it and together and it turned out to be this like thing that means a lot to a lot of people and like that's actually pretty cool that 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 started like that. I think it's I think it's kind of an interesting way for for XO to have got started. Well, one of the things that I want to talk about today. It, there are two things that when I left after having seen the talks and talking to so many people, it that like you said, there was in the past, the emphasis was had really seemed to be uh, – and I would say even both the other two years was make something and make something that's awesome and 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 you can do it. And this year it seemed to be make something awesome, you can do it, and that process is probably not what you think it is, and here's what that process is like. And I, right. I, I and, and, and there was a lot of – it wasn't so much of a talk about risk, which was talked about in the, in the previous years. It was you know you're going to go and start something, but that journey is going to be filled with things that you don't expect – and the the path that you take is not going to be the one that you probably think it, it will take. So I want to talk about that more. Before we do, we get, we're going to talk about our first sponsor. And coincidentally, our first sponsor is, is it's, it's Casper. They make mattresses. And you told us already that you are sitting or laying, lounging. Sitting. Sitting on your Casper mattress right now. Totally not planned. No, no, ab absolutely. Uh, I would, I could do the entire script for this if you want. Uh, yeah, I own three pieces of furniture at the moment because I just, I just got my apartment and I have my bed and I have a table uh, in the other room and I bought this mattress and I decided what I was going to do was like, okay, I'm not going to buy a lot of stuff. I'm just going to buy every time I buy something, I'm going to buy the best possible thing. So I got a really nice bed, I got a really nice table, and I did a lot of research, and, and I bought a Casper mattress. And it is single, just without a, a doubt, it is the best thing that I have ever bought. It is so incredibly comfortable. It's like contouring to my body when I sleep, and it's like being <laughs> hugged. It's so, it's just so incredibly comfortable. 
and it is it is probably the single greatest thing that I have ever bought and it, 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 without a shadow of a doubt as well this is the best mattress I've ever slept on uh, and yeah this is an absolute coincidence that they just have to happen to be sponsoring the show but yes glowing review from me I absolutely adore mine and I would recommend that anyone who is looking for a mattress buy one of these things because they're absolutely incredible uh, I don't know what I can add to this. Thank you for doing the spot because that's that's uh, really yeah. I mean, I, you know, the the only thing I think I can add is how affordable these things are. Um, you know, Hattie, you recently bought uh, a bed for your uh, for your home before I knew about Casper. Before you knew about Casper, I'm and, reading it, and uh, yeah, because when we got we they actually sent us one to try out. Uh-huh. And uh, we we set it up here at the office so that if you, know, you, you know, office if, naps, <laughs> if you if you need to take a little nap or something, you can go into the other room and shut the door and, and be in there. And, and and she laid down on it and she's like, great, this is like the third the cost of the thing I just bought. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the other thing we want to mention is that they cost between 500 bucks for a twin size mattress and uh, and um, 750 for a full 850 for a queen. Nine fifty for a king size mattress, and I think Hattie, you spent like oh, twice that for a, yeah, a, a queen or something. <laughs> These things are really amazing, and if you've dealt with memory foam before, I've not been a fan of the memory foam, and this is not a memory foam. They use memory foam, but it's what they call a hybrid. So it, it like a combination of like it feels wonderful, feels like a regular yeah. old mattress. It doesn't feel, I mean, but better actually. Uh, but it doesn't. It's not like one of those weird like things like that doesn't get hot. And and it's like you're in a sand pit and you can't get out. Right, it's, it's not, not like, like that, that at all. It's amazing. So check this out. You go to caspersleep.com. C a s p e r. Caspersleep.com. Guess what the promo code is for this, Andy? X o x o. What? <laughs> yeah, that's the promo code. It's X o x o. And you, anyone who oh, uses Lord. that code, will get fifty bucks. See, we're we're commercializing your event. We're, yeah. uh, oh, you know, dear. you can't That's help the it. Opposite of what we want. I know, fifty <laughs> bucks, but it's they're getting free money. Fifty right. bucks if you use the code XOXO at CasperSleep.com. Thank you very much to Andy McMillan for his testimonial and to can Casper. I, Sleep. Can I also recommend something? You did something accidentally there. If you have a mattress in your home, that's fine. Buy one for your office. Buy a cat. <laughs> exactly. Office. Get one to sleep. And when and and by the way, these things. If you don't like it, you get a hundred days to send it back. If you don't like it, and uh, did you did you did enjoy the the uh, unboxing experience when you? Oh, I didn't get to unbox it. You didn't. No, that's I wasn't half here the fun. My friends, it got delivered, and they left it in the little office in my apartment building. So my friends had to bring it up, and then I asked them a couple of days before I got here, like unbox the mattress so I can sleep when I get in because I caught the red eye in. And so unfortunately it was sitting here ready to go when I arrived. But it, yeah, it looks like a lot of like cutting the plastic and seeing it go like boom yeah, on the floor. Yeah, it's like, really cool. I, I didn't get to do that, unfortunately. All right. Well, anyway, go to caspersleep.com. 50 bucks off if you use the code XOXO. XOXO, the huge multinational <laughs> media corporation. <laughs> I can't believe that's what you so, made the code. Yeah. So listen, <laughs> oh before before well, I knew you'd like it. The uh, I want before we talk about sort of the 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 risk and the struggle of starting something. Um, I want to tell you about the 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 one problem that I had with XOXO this year that was not a problem in previous years. How do you know already? She's smiling because she knows what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I live in Austin, Texas. Hattie's born and raised here in uh-huh. Austin, Texas, where summers get well into the hundred, uh, hundred, oh, 105, you know where I'm going with this, 105 <laughs> degrees, 105 degrees here. Uh-huh. 
is not unusual. It might be hot. It's, boy, it's a hot one. And but this it's summer not... was actually relatively cool here. Yeah, it was. While we were in Portland, it, here in Austin, it was 61 degrees and raining, mm-hmm. which sounds like Portland. Right. And in Portland, it was, was it 95? 95 and degrees. very bright and sunny. No rain, not a drop. And not only was there no rain, there was no shade and no air conditioning. <laughs> So I wanted to ask you about this because this highlights something that I think everybody struggles with, and that is planning. You you try to plan for things to happen, and this could be true in your life, like your business, your career, whatever. You try to plan for something, and something unexpected happens. And in the case of XOXO, you had this you changed the venue from the one last year to an even bigger one. And it had this amazing, I don't know what this thing was. It was, it was some like a kind press. of press. It, I don't know what was happening in there. It had grease inside of it. So they kept saying, don't climb inside of it because <laughs> there's grease in there. And Yes, uh, it's an industrial press. It's one of the largest in the country. And they used to use it to cut sheets of steel to make uh, like, Bumpers for cars. Wow, nine hundred tons of pressure. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, it was pretty awesome. It was really There's tons awesome. of photos of it online. Yeah, it was the coolest. The venue was really cool, but of course, because you know, you're thinking, oh, this is Portland, right? It's not going to be hot here. It, in fact, it's going to be probably warm or, or cold even. So, Dan, what did you bring clothing wise? <laughs> what I'm wearing right now, basically, a pair of jeans and. But you had uh, a, a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, I'm in on. a short sleeve shirt, right. but I had a, a button up. And I brought long sleeves and jeans. I did not bring my boots this time right. because I was like, ah. it won't be that hot. Right. And in the morning and at night, it's like 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then during the day, it was up to 95 and we're in this thing. We're like cooking in there. Everything I brought was black. And we got an email <laughs> from you guys saying, dress light because it's hot today and there's no fans. We can't have fans. It's too noisy. Uh But this is a really neat thing. There's nothing that you can do about that. The weather. You can't change the weather. You pick this great venue because it's a great venue and location is good and it's, you know, it can fit everybody. And then something like this happens. Not a big deal. was not a big deal. But, you know, like I can only imagine how many other things you ran into along the way that we didn't see, that we didn't feel, that we didn't know about. Like, how do you handle that? How do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, where do you go? There was one year, there was no water or something. So this time you had this huge tank of water that was like an Olympic sized awesome. tank. <laughs> we drank a lot of it. And and yeah, I think Hattie and I drank most of it. <laughs> and, and you gave out on day one, you give out these little canteens so that people can go and they're not throwing stuff away. They're not having to buy water bottles. You know, they're not, they're not littering. They have one thing they can keep forever. So you thought about a lot of this stuff, but. There must have been a million things that you ran into that that we didn't even know about, right? That you fixed behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were. It just kind of all jumbles into one big mess in my head. Yeah. And normally, you know, it's it, it kind of goes back to it kind of goes back to the advice that I was giving before. You just need to have good people. Like we have, uh, we. Uh, bring on production assistants, Connie and Kayla, who are doing uh, production for us this year, are absolutely the kind of people where you say, this thing is on fire. Can you just go deal with the fire? And they will, and then 30 seconds later, they'll be back and they'll be like, the fire is done and also here's a present. Uh, and they have just been, they have been incredible at, at, you know, solving problems for us very quickly. They're just, they're very well connected in, in Portland. Um, and so, I mean, you just, you just have to roll with the punches um, you know, the water is a good example of something that we 
we anticipated. We knew that the weather was going to be hot. We were following the, the weather forecast for the longest time, and it was dropping. And it was like, oh, it's in the 90s. No, it's in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as soon as the weekend rolled around, we're like, nope, mid-90s. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay, so I, and so we did what we could. We gave everyone canteens, and we brought in that big giant seven hundred and fifty gallon water thing. Um, and you know, we did we we popped the doors when we could, um, and you know, we just you kind of deal with it. And then you know, I uh, Stuart from from Slack bought all the little fans for everyone, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah, just sometimes you just got to roll with the roll with the punches whenever whenever this stuff goes wrong, and just. Nobody, nobody was upset about, it, but how do you find those people? You're talking about these production people. Time and time again, I I would hear from people that I knew that were working, that had their own business, or that were trying to hire someone. They'd always say, "Oh my gosh, finding finding people to work with is so hard. It's so challenging. Like, how do you how do you do that?" And I and I always thought, well, like, what's the big deal? Like, you just hire someone and like they work and 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 now running a business now, you see the challenge of doing this. How is it that you find people like you're describing who can be trusted to go and fix something and come back and say, oh, it's done? And and yeah, how do you find those people? We, I mean, this is another thing I feel like I have no useful advice for, but the the personal recommendations, that's very obvious, but like everyone who everyone who worked with us, we we asked because Andy and I, um, you know, I've been running events for a little while, but never in Portland. Right. You know, so when we started, um, we just asked people like, "Who do you use for AV?" You know, we need to bring electricity into the building. Like, who's a good electrical contractor? There's been very few times where we're like sitting on Yelp, like trying to find someone because we have no idea. Um, most of most of the people who are involved with XO, we just got personal recommendations, uh, and it had we've just got very lucky. We've never really had to. We never worked with anyone who wasn't absolutely incredible. Everyone that we work with has been has been fantastic, um, and I think it's just because you know you, you ask and you get a personal recommendation from someone. And again, I think it's that's luck. It's just been it's been sheer luck that the people who have been involved in helping us have just been fantastic. I mean, that's why we bring them back every year. We, you know, our AV contractors have been working with us for three years, and they'll all if we do another one, they'll definitely be back. Those guys are so fantastic. You know, I. I electricity the uh mike who does films all our talks connie and kayla you know if we if we do this again we'll definitely be talking to them again you know all of these people um yeah we just meet them through through personal recommendations and it's just it's it's absolutely worked for us i don't know if there's practical advice to be gained there uh again it's kind of another thing like ah just you know screw it like just go with it and then like it's just it has we've got very lucky that the people that we have taken a bit of a risk on have turned out to just be just be like really really incredible sorry that i don't have yeah i mean you're you're describing this magical life oh i just bumped into andy one day and we did this conference (laughs) that's you know everyone loves and And it's perfect and awesome people just come and help us out (laughs) they have the best time they don't even even want to get paid (laughs) we pay pay them in hugs (laughs) (laughs) I think I think if you do if you do good work, it attracts good people. Um, that I think that's that's hopefully what it is. I think you know I hope that we're I hope that we're doing something good. And you know whenever we ask people to to get involved with this, they say yes because I think they can see that that what we're doing is uh, is something good. And 
uh, yeah. All right. So listen, you you got all of these people up on this stage. Some of the people that uh, that that you invited to this thing, and and then I want to find out how you actually pick who yeah. who gets on there. But you had uh, Anita Sarkeesian on there, very controversial. A lot of uh, bodyguards. You had Justin Hall. You had John Gruber. You had Gina Trapani. I mean, these are just a few of the um, amazing folks. You had John Roderick up there singing and dancing and doing his thing. <laughs> and uh, I mean, again, like I'm not naming half of the people that were that were there, uh, but. You know, every year you seem to find uh, different people to come out and to do to do this event. Who, I mean, I know you you mentioned that that both of you are sort of involved, but how do you pick the people that you want to come out to it? Do they reach out to you and say, "Oh, I, I, XOXO is amazing. I really want to come and talk," or do you do you go to them and say, "Come and talk"? And how what's that I, process? I will like? have to say that is one hundred percent a question for Andy Bayo. The reason why the lineup uh, and the reason why the festival is so fantastic is because Andy is absolutely tuned into this community, and you know he has been for years. Uh, if you read his his blog, um, Andy Andy almost exclusively picks all of the speakers and, and books the lineup, and I you know that's a part where I kind of sit back and trust that that he knows what he's doing. And, you know, there there have been years where he'll book some people and be like, I've never heard of this person before. And he'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, 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 wait, you have to hear about this thing. Uh, and, that, you know, it's I, when I see the enthusiasm that he has for, for, for some of these people, I'm like, ah, you know what, you absolutely know what you're doing. Book that person, it will be fantastic. Uh, and then, you know, the, and I think, you know, we've never, we've never had a bad speaker. We've never had a bad lineup. Like everyone has been, everyone has been fantastic, but that's absolutely, you know, that's, that's absolutely on, on Andy, but it, it's, it's, it's curated, you know, event like this, of course, you're going to get people emailing, asking if they can talk. And it's funny because actually the last week in the run up, like on Thursday, I got an email from someone saying like, I'm a social media marketing consultant. Uh, do you have any room on the lineup for XO? I'm like, it starts tomorrow. <laughs> what? Wow. If you're a social media expert, do you not know from Twitter that this thing starts tomorrow? Um, and so <laughs> wow. yeah, we, we don't, we don't, we don't typically, uh, we don't take submissions from people. Andy uh, in particular kind of curates a very kind of tight lineup. And I think it shows, I think, you know, the talks, especially this year, the, the talks, um, I think it ran really well. And I think we got some really smart, interesting people and some really, some really interesting stories over the course of the weekend. But that is absolutely a question for him. I, I, uh, he is, he is owed almost all of the credit for, for the fact that the lineup is so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, definitely to his credit because year after year he always finds it. And you know, it's funny because you had kind of two people who are sort of two ex- extremes on this, you had on the one hand John Gruber talking about, oh, I started this, you know, little blog talking about Apple, and now it's this huge thing that you know that he does. And then you've got Justin Hall, who started this little thing in 1994, I think it was, that grew into hundreds of thousands of uh, visitors a day. And now he said was he's like, and now it's 250 <laughs> visitors a day and you too can have my kind of success, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was it was just so interesting to, because that's part of this journey that people are that, uh, that people are on. That at one time I would go into work, I would make coffee, I would sit down in front of my computer, which was the only computer in the office. We're talking 94 now. The only computer in an office with probably 50 computers that had an Internet connection 
This internet connection came in the form of a 5,700 baud modem that was inside my computer. So I was the only one that had this thing and it would dial up and I would get onto the internet and I would go to links.net and I would read Justin Hall's thing that told me what interesting things he had found that I needed to know about that were on the internet. Because that back then the internet, all the good stuff on the internet, uh, on the internet could be described in, in a few posts on a couple pages. And, you know, it was a human being finding these things and putting them up there. This is before search engines, before everything, you know, and, uh, and, you know, you had this really interesting person who's been there from the beginning, uh, detailing all of this stuff. And now we, it really reminded me of how much we take for granted as far as, you know, being, being able to not just find things with Google, but just the, the, the amount of information that's out there that we have access to is it's just simply staggering. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody not that long ago. Uh, oh, you know who it was? It was the, the TSA guy because I never go through that scanner. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to get the body scan. I don't do that. I get a pat down. And I was talking to the guy uh, and he was telling me how he used to work in the uh, in the bowling industry, whatever that means. And, oh, yeah, <laughs> there's an and industry. There an industry? Yeah, I don't know what that means. But he was talking to me about that, and he was saying, you know, he's like, somehow we got in the conversation of uh, that kids don't learn multiplication tables anymore, and they don't, you know, there's all these. And I said, yeah, I don't even know my home phone number anymore. It's just in my phone. You know, I know my phone number, and that's about it. And it really just makes me appreciate where we are today, as far as the the bulk and volume of information and the stories and. The, the, the personalities and the way that we can interact with people, then coming to an event like this, you know, there are human beings here that you've talked to on Twitter for a long time that are essentially your friends and then you get to meet them in person. And it's just such a, a great experience that I totally love. And especially now, things like podcasts, things that where you're hearing a person's voice or you're reading something that they've written uh, on, on their blog post, and now you get to really connect with them. Uh, it, I don't know. What about you? I mean, you're, you see this happen all the time. Like people are meeting in person, and there is something different about that. People who say, oh, my best friends are you know on the internet, and I, I've never met them in person, but they're my best friend. And then you actually meet them, and it's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's you know, I, I kind of touched on this earlier that so much of the success uh, of EXO has absolutely nothing to do with us, and it's because it's because of that exact experience that what you remember uh, from EXO is not going to be necessarily anything that Andy and I ever touched, but it's going to be the people that you met and the experiences you had. Probably not even in in our venues or at our uh, our events, and you know that's. That that's exactly it, and that and that's another reason why you know when people say like, oh, why didn't you make it even bigger? Why didn't you run them all over the country? Why didn't you like do like a TEDx thing where you like mm -hmm. license it or whatever? I'm like, no, it's just nice the way it is. Like everyone gets to come together once a year and and spend some time together, and it's you know that's what's important. Like let's just bring a bunch of interesting people together once a year. Like you don't have to dilute that idea with you know. And it'd be very tempting, you know, because it obviously it has been it has been a bit of a success. And we're like, oh, what can we do with all this energy? And that's not 
not, not ruin it would be a good start. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that would be a very good but, idea. But okay, but and I'm I first of all I agree with you and I appreciate the smallness of it and the uniqueness of it and uh you know and and the fact that you guys made it small and want to keep it small um but there are people out there who this infuriates because they think wow this could be franchisable this could be something not that you want to make it a some kind of insane commercial success per se but that I can't make it to Portland. Do want do uh you know an XOXO East for me uh because I can never get to Portland but I could get to Boston or I could get to Philly or I could get to New York. You know, there are people who want this kind of thing and I think there's a serious concern among these people who I've heard say this that you know what like they don't want to start their own because they know it would never be as good as the thing that you guys put together because, you know, you have this kind of experience. And if they were going to put it together, it would be this pale, awful shadow of the thing that you guys had put on. And they don't want to do something that, you know, that tries to steal from this great thing. You should just do one in just, you know, just do one in Boston. Uh, I will. Well, first, first off, if if other people think that, like, let's use Boston as an example. If other people think that that they running one in Boston would be worse, Andy and I would also do a bad event in in Boston. <laughs> so much of the reason why XO is good is because it's in Portland, and we are both here, and we know the city and the energy uh, in Portland, and uh, like the XO belongs to Portland. Doesn't belong anywhere else. Uh, and we, you know, and we don't have, we don't have any interest in taking it anywhere else. And that's, you know, it, it, we kind of hit this weird kind of midway point where it belongs to us insofar as we run it and we organize it. And, you know, it's, it's nine months out of our year, but on the other hand, it, you know, it does that, that, that idea and the community belongs to everyone. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to reconcile, you know, when people say like, Oh, we, you know, I wish you would do this or I wish you would do this. And like, of course, you know, we want to listen to all of that stuff and take it in. But, you know, I, and we we want to reflect the XO that, you know, that people want back at them, you know, that it's not just something that Andy and I are working on, that, but it's it's reflective of the community and what the community wants and, and needs the event to be. But on the other hand, you know, we have to have some creative control there where we say, like, we don't want to run one in Boston because that wouldn't be any fun for us. You know, we don't we don't want to run you know, one in the UK, or we don't want to license this to other people. Like if people, if people are interested in catalyzing this community and bringing them together at an event, we've never told people that they couldn't, you know, run an event with similar ideas. Don't call it XOXO. That'd be awful because that's what our thing is called. But, um, you know, this uh, I, I, XOXO is, is, uh, or the community that, that attends XOXO and the community that is interested in it, it's bigger than our little event. And if other people, you know, want to see something else uh, in the world that Andy and I are very public in saying that we aren't, we don't want to be responsible for, then that's absolutely on other people to produce that thing. Cause Andy and I are ever, only ever going to work on the stuff that we want to do. And I do, you know, it's, it's it is, it's a balancing act of like, I want to make the stuff I want to make, but also like, it's kind of, we see a lot of people asking for different things, but ultimately it's, I'm going, I'm going to have to side with like, I just want to make the stuff I want to make. That's it. I, I, and I'm sorry that we can't do the event elsewhere or, 
or license it or whatever. I just, you know, the, 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 the community is bigger than the event and they absolutely could be, you know, other people could run stuff. And, and to some extent that's already happening. Um, there was a meetup in San Francisco a couple nights ago. Uh, it looks like there's another one going to be in Chicago. Like people are organizing like post XO meetups in their cities now that they've got home. Uh, and those seem to be going incredibly well. And so why not do one of those? Like, why not, you know, post up online and, and see if you can, you know, get some people interested right, in coming like and the, meeting at a bar. Or, the little dribble meetups that happen all around and people just take it upon themselves to say, we really had a great time here. And, you know, it's not necessarily officially sanctioned, but who cares? We, you know, we went to XOXO and it was fun. And let's do our own version of this by hanging out and talking about it and, and talking yeah, about what we course. learned. And so it's kind of, so you approve of that. You don't necessarily course, authorize absolutely. it, but you and approve it. If anyone is running a post-XO meetup in their city, you know, t- tell us on Twitter and we'll help spread the word. But those, you know, those are not uh, – the dribble thing is a little bit more official, I think, because Dan is, like, collecting all of those on the site and stuff. Right. And it's kind of – it's very much encouraged and uh, uh, on the site. Some of them are sponsored. Well, I don't think we're ever going to formalize it to that degree. But abs- if people want to meet up after XO and, and talk about the ideas that were discussed at XO and if they want to keep that running throughout the year – of course, I, that's the whole point of XO is to try to get this community together and talking. And absolutely, that that conversation should be continuing throughout the year. But in terms of, you know, us running another event in six months at some other part of the country or licensing it so people can do like dozens of XOs all over the world, that's not something that we're interested in. But we, I absolutely wholeheartedly encourage people to to set up meetups in their own city and to go and talk about XO and how wonderful I am, how wonderful Andy Bayo is. Don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't really hold focus back. on the talk so much. Just have a meetup to talk about how wonderful we are. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, don't do that. We're quite terrible people. Um, uh, yes, of course. Get together and, and discuss. Uh, like there, you know, we, we said this at the start of the day that we feel like XO is kind of finding itself um, at, at kind of the heart of this um, independent movement, this like intersection between liberal arts and technology. And, uh, you know, the meetup doesn't have to have anything to do with XO. If that's the reason for people to get together at first, I mean, there is a new community forming here. So, I mean, and there are people who are going to be interested in, in that stuff in your city, absolutely get those people together and, and get talking about that stuff. Cause that, that is, that's how you get a community started. It's 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 much bigger than XO. It's and it's much bigger than us. Well, I, I've got a couple of calls we got to do. People are are dying to talk to you, but before we do that, oh, we'll do. Right. I know. Well, I'll just do. Thanks. How about we just do one call? Uh, okay. We'll do one call. Okay, because I know it stresses you. Out. <laughs> uh, our second sponsor is Verona Data Anywhere. These guys are awesome. Basically, you you take your own network, your own shares, and your own network. That whole thing. And it will turn that into a Dropbox-like secure enterprise class private cloud. What does this mean? In English, this means you've got um, uh, your, your file servers. You already have people, your employees, using these. You don't want to have to upload everything up into some cloud service out there and, and copy terabytes of files up. You just want to basically say, we like the stuff Dropbox gives us. We have mobile users. We have remote users. We have people who work from all over the place, maybe even in Portland. And you want to keep this stuff secure and backed up and reliable. 
I don't want to change anything. I just want them to have all of the stuff that Dropbox gives them without putting all of our private, secret, secure stuff up on Dropbox. That's what these guys do. You keep all your data on your existing file servers or your NAS or whatever. You keep your existing permissions. You can still control who gets access to what. But then people who are out there on Mac OS, on Windows, iOS, Android, they can all share all of these files. And you do it without giving away that access and that control that, uh, that you want. And it installs in about 30 minutes. So here's what you do. You go to veronis.com. That's V-A-R-O-N-I-S, veronis.com slash quit. You know, it's a grit now. It's, that's fine. Veronis.com slash quit. And, uh, and what you're going to get is you're going to get a free trial for 30 days, unlimited number of users. And as a special bonus for grit listeners, you will get five users for free forever. Thank you very much to Veronis for supporting 5 by 5 and Grid, formerly known as Quid. Have we already addressed why the show has a different name? We, we, we have talked about, talked about it a little bit. I, uh, yes, I will address it now again as uh, if you I'm want. Curious. Do you want to know? Because uh, I know you don't listen. The, basically, uh, the show was called Quit, and there were, there were two things about it that were bad. I love the name Quit because it, it's dramatic. It gets your attention. But People either thought, A, it was about uh, smoking cessation, which, which I, I, I encourage, but that's not what the show is about. And you could probably sell ads on that. I could, yes. And, but it wasn't about that. And then two is people would, would say, oh, well, I like my job and I, I don't really want to quit, so it's not for me. And I'd say, but I, 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 I interviewed Andy McMillan on the show. Oh, well, he quit his job. It's not really, I like my job. I like where I work. So that kind of made it that uh, a confusing message because typically when people would call in, like this caller who's on hold right now, we're going to take, uh, they would, I would tell them to not quit. I would tell them to start something awesome, but don't necessarily quit your job. I, I think out of all of the hundreds of calls that we've taken on here, I, w- I was telling people, don't, don't leave your job, dummy, stay. <laughs> So uh, it wasn't actually there. And I started to think most of what we're talking about is actually things that hopefully inspire people to reevaluate the thing that they're doing or to start that thing that's, that's awesome. It was more about starting something or making a positive change as opposed to quitting something which has this sort of negative connotation. Uh, so I, I tried all different kinds of names and we came up with a really good one uh, and, and it turned out to be similar or the same as something Jason Calacanis was doing. And he, uh, he said, don't do that because, you know, I, I, I will make it hard for you if you do that kind of thing. So I picked this other name, the other term, grit, which had come up on a back to work conversation a a long, long time ago. And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that that is kind of what we talk about, about sticking to things and doing things in the face of obstacles and difficulty and not giving up. So that was kind of it. I like that the voice that you did there was clearly someone who had been chain smoking for years. Yeah, the smoking yeah, that's my uh, that's the chain smoker voice. It was a good. I don't smoke anymore, but I used to. I already have quit. <laughs> I quit already, and I don't want to talk about it. All right, let's take this caller and see if we can uh, oh, we can get here. Caller, you're on the air. Can you hear us? Say wait. They've been on hold for 27 minutes. Hello. Oh wow. They're scrambling. They're scrambling around. They're like, oh scrambling. my gosh, that's I wonder me. if this is the guy with the cats. Huh? Meow. <laughs> you need to talk into your uh, telephone, sir. I'm gonna, I, I, yeah. you, I feel bad just flat out hanging up on them 
You could put them back on hold. I could put them on hold again. And just let them come back. No. On hold for 27 minutes. Dumped them. Bye. I hit the, the button. Uh, bummer. And, then, and you know what? And somebody else was just calling in right then. And, uh, and, and then they hung up. Oh. Right when uh. I said I was going to take a call. I think they got spooked. They're like, oh, no. So if I'm that person ready. wants to call back in, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take him. So listen, you had people up on this stage talking about their path to the place that they currently are. And the road is not an easy one. And echoed on, in many of the talks is it that this stuff, whatever it is that you're doing, when you go out there, you mentioned before, they can, it can be lonely. It can be difficult. It can be hard. There aren't always people who have a shared experience. You know, my life as a software developer, um, or uh, before I see now there's two calls on there. Mm-hmm. My life as a software developer, even in the early days, now there's three calls. There was a lot of, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of, places I could go to talk to other developers, even if I lived in a town that didn't have a lot of developers in it. There were online things or online play. But when you're striking out on your own to try and do something on your own, or when you're carving out a path for yourself, especially when like your family doesn't understand what you do and your significant other, if you have one, doesn't necessarily get it or think it's a good idea, but you know, it's a good idea. You know what I mean? Like you, you know that this thing you're going to do or you believe strongly that it feels so strongly that it feels like knowing that this thing you're going to do is important or, you know, like when you guys decided to do XOXO, you had to know, well, between the two of us, we have enough people who, who kind of care about the stuff that we do that we could probably get a small group of people interested. And I think with the internet, there is almost always a small group of people interested in no matter what you do. You know, you could you could do an unboxing video of a, of a container of uh, water and people would tune in to see it. But, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? You mentioned loneliness. You mentioned that struggle. Is that something you faced in the other projects that you do that maybe where you weren't you didn't have a, a collaborator on? I mean, I think uh, I think in relation to to. Uh you know, like doing something and not knowing if you have, if people have your back. Yeah. And like we have, we have, we have good tools for that. You know, like that's why Kickstarter is so helpful. Like if you need to, you know, put a, an idea out into the world and see if people are going to get behind it. I mean, obviously you need to have some people to share that with first. You, you can't just put a Kickstarter, but I think a lot of people um, think that you put a Kickstarter project uh, up and it's kind of like there's just people waiting to give you money you know it doesn't work like that you have to have some people behind you as well but if uh there are that we are building better tools for for discovering if uh you know the crazy idea that you want to do is is something that's going to fly and i think that kickstarter has been absolutely integral to that and and it's you know i've ran three currently in the process of running my third mm. Kickstarter project. And that, that is a really helpful way to say like, Hey, do enough people kind of seem interested in this? Uh, and you know, and if, uh, they're essentially voting with money, they, you know, they give you some money and say, yeah, I believe in you ship me the thing when it's done. And, and, uh, you know, go, here's permission to go make it. And I think, uh, that that's, that's certainly, you know, that's something that, that I, 
have Kickstarter in particular is something that I've I've found a lot of um, benefit in, in in you know sharing a, a, a stupid idea with people and and people coming back and saying like yep seems good off you go. And, it's yeah, a lot of very, was... encu- it's very encouraging. I mean, there, it's great that you brought that up because we definitely want to, you know, you, you should talk about these other projects that, that you're working on and kickstarting something is a really, really encouraging and positive way to get something off the ground to say, you know, this is my idea. Vote with your money. Like, is it good? Should I do it? Oh, you gave me five bucks. Cool. If enough of you give me five bucks, then I will do it. It's it's everyone knows about it now, but it really is the future of the way that independent people and and companies too can start something and make something happen. I mean, it, it's voting in such a positive way that here's people who are saying, "Yes, I I will give you some money if you do the thing that you say you're going to do." Uh, it's changed so much, though. Do you remember the time before when we could just kickstart things? Like when I started Five by Five, there was no Kickstarter. Well, um, you and I have Mailchimp for that stuff. Yeah, that's, we had. That's why we have awesome sponsors. That's, for that's right. <laughs> uh, that's right. And uh, but still, like I tweeted and wrote blog posts and asked people to help out, and hundreds and hundreds of people donated as little as a dollar or two, and some people donated one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, but there was enough people that basically said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some money so you can start your thing and just make something that's really great. And I wouldn't have been, you know, even with MailChimp's help, I wouldn't have been able to do it if those people hadn't, hadn't donated. And, you know, the, the thing that, um, that, that we've been working on has been to try to move toward a more balanced kind of listener supported uh, network so that we're not exclusively listener supported, but so that we can have fewer advertisements. And the only way we can do that is with with more listener support. So like we have a Patreon uh, and people are, we just started it. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like I'm trying as, I, I don't have all the answers to, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm always trying to see what listeners want. And one of the things they say they want is like, they want less ads. Okay, well, how you want less ads? <laughs> Give me a dollar. Give me one dollar a month. You know, if if all of our listeners, Andy, if all of our listeners gave one dollar a month, we wouldn't need any ads at all ever again. But I don't think we'll ever get there. And that's the thing that always is is the challenge is, you know, getting to the to the place that you guys are at with XOXO where people are just dying to come to this thing. They hope they win the lottery. You know, that's got to be a huge challenge for you is the other side of this is saying, oh man, we can only fit so many people. How, how do we, how do we make that happen? I, I, and it's worth recognizing that that, that the position that Andy and I find ourselves in with XO where it has become, you know, incredibly popular and, and beloved is, uh, <laughs> we didn't ever know that that was what was going to happen. And of course, you know, Andy and I work hard, but you know, the, the reason why we are there is uh, a lot of circumstances outside of, uh, of our control, particularly just our own privilege. Um, but also just, you know, the fact that it, that it came along at the right time and it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Uh, and it's something that we are incredibly grateful for, uh, and we and we try to treat with the respect 
that it deserves that while we have this thing that people that people care about uh, that we that we treat it with the respect that it deserves and, and you know and that's why we why we work really hard to make sure that it is uh, inclusive and welcoming for everyone and that it, we're having conversations that are important that we're not just getting up and doing you know portfolio reviews and like here's the thing I make wonderful round of applause let's go next speaker that we're trying to actually have more important deeper richer conversations with this community and uh yeah it's just it's it's it is it is it is completely overwhelming and and it it is our position of um of of privilege and of luck and of circumstance that has that has put us there and we are trying really hard to make sure that we meet that with um with the respect that it deserves because uh, it's it's very intimidating I'm sure it is. And you, you must feel that pressure and the sense of responsibility from the, the people who attend and who want to attend. That, that's going to be kind of crushing not, in a way. It, it is not owed to us. You know, we have not worked to a point where we deserve this. You know, so much of it is just, you know, exactly what I said. It's, it's privilege and circumstance and, and that, uh, I, you know, it could, it could all go away next year. Um, you know, people could become disinterested in it and, and that's, you know, that's, that's fine that, you know, uh, but while we have it, you know, we're trying to, to treat it responsibly and, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very, it's a very odd kind of position to, to find yourselves in. I think, I think if it ever got to a point that we were being complacent, uh, that's what, that's why I always said that about build as well. Like if I ever get to a point where I'm going to, where I'm complacent, like, why isn't this selling art right away? What the hell is wrong with people? Like I've gone too far um, because that that uh, that reaction is never owed. Um, that it's it's not something that you should ever expect to receive from people. You have to work your ass off for this stuff, and also recognize the position that you're in in the in the first place. That you know, Andy and I obviously do come from from a position of of, of privilege and circumstance that we, when we get to start this stuff, and so it is it is absolutely not owed to us, and 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 it, and it could be taken away in a heartbeat, and uh, and I think that uh, getting being aware of of getting um, used to that or feeling like we are deserving of it uh, would be that would be a problem, and that would be a reason to stop if we ever felt like right. uh, if we ever felt like it was owed to us. And I and, and I, I don't think that we feel like that. I think Andy and I are constantly terrified that we're going to do something wrong. You know, we start every year with an apology. By saying like, ah, this is probably the year where that we're gonna fuck everything up, you know, and mm-hmm. um, we're sorry, you know, just like go with it and please, you know, give us the opportunity to fix things when they go wrong. Uh, and we have, you know, we've been very lucky that the past three years have 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 gone off quite well, very well, um, and that people have, you know, people have given us the opportunity to fix things. But yeah, I think that's um, trying to be humble. Uh, and I know that, you know, it's, it's, it's also kind of ironic that I'm doing an interview about this and that's like, that's not very humble. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to think that my, uh, this is more my enthusiasm for the fact that I'm making something that I truly believe in rather than me thinking like I am deserving of, of press attention or anything. Right, right, right. I, uh, I absolutely recognize, uh, and I, Andy as well, that, you know, where, where we come from in this and that we don't deserve any of it. Um, and that, it, you know, that doesn't even really belong to us. And it could be taken away in a heartbeat. And, uh, while we have it and while we are responsible for it, we have to, we have to work as hard as possible and to make sure that what we are, 
creating for people is something uh, deserving of that position. Um, and I think, yeah. You're totally I'm, right. And I mean, that is something I think, I think people who are passionate about the things that they make, uh, that fear that it will or can or will or, or go away all of a sudden. And it's, you know, you, you definitely feel that sense of responsibility tied in with fear combined with, uh, you know, it's, it's not, I'm always surprised when people say I've earned this, you know, just because you did hard work, uh, really hard work doesn't really mean that you've earned anything. No. Uh, I mean, there's a certain sense of paying your dues for sure. There's people who can say, I've worked very, very hard, and that hard work is paying off because now I have this thing. So in that sense, yes, you've, you've earned it by, by putting in your time, but you haven't earned it in the sense of you deserve it. I think we're all very lucky uh, to be recipients of any kind of success that we get because there are so many people out there who are working really, really hard, in many cases even harder than us, who don't get the lucky break or who weren't in the right place at the right time or who didn't meet these three people that introduced them to this other person that made this other thing possible. It, there is no, I just don't feel like there is, a, and, and you, you said it so well, and that it can be taken away. And while you have this thing, whether you call it attention or success or pub, you know, public awareness or momentum, whatever word you want to give it, if you have it, you just enjoy it as much as you can while it's there because the reality is things will change. Howie Mandel is not as popular now as he once was. He, you know, it, it, it's little things like that. Like you can watch celebrities' careers. When this person does not have an album out, people aren't talking about them as much. And then when they come out with a new album, then people talk about them again. And then they come out with an album that nobody talks about. And that's just the way that it is. Um, you know, we are all very lucky to be recipients of every single Twitter follower that we have or every single person who thinks to donate a dollar because they like to show or go to an event that we put on. It's, you know, and there is, we do have that sense of responsibility to to work hard and to try to stay where we are and, and come up with new things to do. I do want to try and get to these calls. So let's try this one last time. Actually, I'm looking at time. We've got to do our last sponsor. Then I'll get to these calls. Uh, our final sponsor today, you know them, you love them. You use them, hopefully, Squarespace. These guys make it incredibly easy to make a website. That's what they do. That's all. You know what? Hattie, that's it. That's all I need to say. That's all Done. I need to say. It's Done. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Is a there a bit code more? or something? Okay, there? yeah, there is a code. Uh, <laughs> simple and easy stuff. I mean, they make it so easy. I have seen what is coming. You've seen the future. I have seen the future. And I can tell you that they are working on some things that are really mind blowing, really cool stuff. You should be excited about it, even though you don't even know what it is. This is, let me just put it this way. This is a great time to be a Squarespace customer because yeah. the stuff that they have Way the future. is really amazing. <laughs> and if you sign up for Squarespace now, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. It'll also show support for this show. The code that you want to use is QUIT, Q-U-I-T, squarespace.com slash QUIT. 
is going to get you that discount. It'll start at only eight bucks a month. You get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. They've got an office uh, in New York, Portland. Oh, yeah. And Portland. they're sort of following they're Andy following around. Andy, yeah. They now have one in Dublin. <laughs> Where will they go next? I, I think, guess I have to pick a city. Right. I, I think it should be you. Austin. That's what I yeah, think. Yeah, just saying. And I'm curious to know why Andy has vowed never to come to Austin. So he we'll get to that in a minute. He said, I'll never come to he Austin. He said, I will never yeah. come to Austin. And we'll talk about that. <laughs> I don't uh, recall. In a minute. It's weird because I remember it vividly. Uh, so go to squarespace.com slash quit and you will get the 10% discount if you use the code quit. Please do check them out. If you're making a website, this is the place to go. Uh, really, really great. You could do a blog. You it's can so sell. Easy. They are our official partner for e-commerce now. When we sell yep. stuff, we go through them. My mom is working on her Squarespace right now for photography. And I was like, oh, you know, if you ever need help, she was like, oh, no, 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 I got it. I don't nice. need any help with that. And I was like, oh, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> Thank you very much to Squarespace for making uh, this show possible. Hattie, if you love your mom so much, maybe you should marry her. Maybe I will. Okay, let's do okay. this first call. <laughs> All right, this is the person who has area code 503. If you can hear the sound of my voice, that means you're on the air. Can you hear Hi, the Crystal. sound? Of, is Hello. it is it yeah. Crystal? It is Crystal. <laughs> Crystal, I'm sorry about before. Did we hang up on you? We didn't hear you talking. I didn't know I was on the air. Oh, my gosh. Our system has failed us. My cat should have meowed or something and did, tipped us all off. Did, it, <laughs> did you hear it this time, Crystal? I did. Okay. There was a very official woman that said, you're on the air. Ah, <laughs> Yay, that's, that's our lady. That's our lady right there. So, uh, are you, Crystal... Everyone here is is it sounds like we know we sounds like we know you already, and everyone but me seems to have a pre existing friendship with you. So I'm glad to make your acquaintance. What are, what are you calling about today? I just wanted to call in and see what Five by Five was all about. I have to confess, I haven't heard shows before, so I just wanted to you know call in and listen and see what you guys were going to talk about. You're the jeans lady, right? I am. And Hattie well was, I used to be called the pie lady, and now I'm the jeans lady. <laughs> so you were supposed to, my understanding is you were supposed to meet Hattie, and she was supposed to do some jeans modeling for you. No, not modeling. We were just going to talk about jeans. Talk about jeans. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what is it that you do with no, jeans? No. And you were at the event then. You were in Portland. She lives ex- in Portland. Oh, you live in Portland. Yeah, this was my third year volunteering at EXO. Oh, so. cool. I thought maybe, uh, you know, I might offer my perspective. Uh, as having been here for three years, it's a great, great privilege to say that I've uh, been able to volunteer since the very beginning. Um, I think that's a pretty rare thing and, and coveted, much coveted. I was Andy's uh, neighbor, you know, as everyone in Portland is. We're all neighbors. Uh, but no, really, I did live down the street from him, and, and we were friends uh, previous to XOXO, so I got in very much on the early track. That's awesome. And so you have, yeah. you've sort of been involved in this. And I've heard that if you volunteer, you kind of get to s- sort of attend. I mean, you're working, but you kind of get to attend and be a part of it. And, uh, and obviously, that's awesome. yeah, I mean, that seems like a really great way to help out and be a part of the community and more than just, uh, just as an attendee too, right? I mean, you get the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to come to the venue. Um, I guess it was about a week early. It was right when the the painting of the mural was happening and we got to see the venue before anybody else did. And 
I don't know. It was immediately clear to me um, just from seeing the venue that this year's theme was going to be a little different. Um, and I, I feel like it, it followed all the way through the event in the topics that the speakers covered. I mean, let's see, we, we talked about killing our dreams and <laughs> running out of money. <laughs> Lots of just down to the bone kind of existential questions, even more so than in previous years. So yeah, getting to see that early and getting in the mood of it was pretty fun. So what do you what do you do with with jeans or otherwise? What is it? Yeah, pimp your stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I just started a company called Q Cut about six months ago. Previous to that, I was working as a product designer for Mozilla, and um, I went to Cambodia over the winter and didn't intend to start an apparel company, but. I became really well acquainted with the realities of what it means to be one of the poorest countries on the earth. You end up being a center for garment trade. And and I found out that they make $3 a day, and that's not enough to actually survive on, even in Cambodia. So me being a person that's just constantly thinking how I want the world to be and designing it, um, I started thinking about how incredibly crazy it is to buy clothes. And the worst of as a woman is trying to find the ever elusive pair of jeans that fits. I feel like I've been looking my whole life for a pair of jeans that fits. Me too. So anyway, <laughs> technology, yeah, right? It's crazy. And I think uh, some men have this, they look at me when I tell them I'm doing this and they give me the quizzical head thing. And they, I know that they're about to say, but women love to shop. <laughs> Oh, it's and a nightmare for jeans. And then I cry. <laughs> Those guys have probably the never they've probably never had a girlfriend or been married because <laughs> I've I've right. seen I've seen many women who they they You hear the word shop and you're like, No Because because I don't know if guys guys, I don't know if you've ever done this, okay guys, but and I'm talking to the the, the guys out there. If you've ever gone shopping as a man, you walk into the men's section. You see everything most of the time lined up uh, relatively organized. So like if you're looking for jeans, you will find that, okay, here are the skinny jeans, then to the right, the slim jeans, then to the right, the regular fit, then the loose fit. You reach your hand in to the one you want and your size will be, you know, right there. Oh, you're a, you're a 2930 or you're a 3234, whatever you find your size, you walk up to the front, you check out, you may not need to try that on. You just, oh, you know what? I know what my size is. I'll just take it and leave. And you put it on at home and it fits and then you're done. You're like, there, now I have jeans. For a woman, <laughs> if every single woman garment, regardless of whether it's a top, a, a, it doesn't matter, skirt, whatever, they're all in these round racks together and they're all mixed up <laughs> and mixed together. All diff- It's not like, oh, well, we'll put this size here. and the- No, it's just all together in one giant thing. And you, you see the woman, if you've ever watched a woman in a, in a store, that they're, like goes, that, they're like almost like shuffling the- <laughs> cards. They're just going through. They're not looking for something that they like. They're just looking for anything at all that's even going to be in their size. Yes. And then they go, well, that's in my size, but that was the wrong or color. Or you search and this by color, for- yeah. Right. <laughs> and so they're just flipping through. It's intentional to make women take a long time shopping. Yeah. They don't want it that There's no way. organization. What we need is Casper for jeans. I think Crystal has figured that out. Casper for jeans. One thing of jeans, and that's enough. And just <laughs> that's give, enough. Give, give your measurements, <laughs> and that's it. And I, I think that's that's pretty close to what Crystal's working on, right, Crystal? Like actual it, it just jeans that work. 
Right, but we're not actually, a common misconception is that people think that I'm going to make them measure themselves, which might be even worse than going into a store. <laughs> right. so, none of this nonsense with the, the cloth tape measure thing, because God knows no one has that, and even if they did, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Even if you give two different trained tailors um, the task of measuring a woman, they will actually come up with different measurements. So we're throwing that out entirely. And just asking people to give us the information about themselves that they easily know, which is things like height and shoe size. Um, right, I'm looking at your, your bra size. I, I put your I put your site into our show notes. By the way, the show notes. Uh, what ep- what episode is this? Okay. I have no idea. One hundred fifty five. Fifty five. Can I number? Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay, you, you you go to you go to five by five TV slash quit slash 55 and you'll see it or you can her site is here are you sponsoring this she's not sponsoring, she's not sponsoring okay yeah. so, uh, <laughs> i will now okay well it, you, you won't have to it's q cut tell me, tell the, the number yeah the number q the number, the number q, q the letter q the, the number q. q we're tired q cut.co and at the bottom if, if you're a, a woman it's going it to ask for your pant size your height your weight your shoe size and your bra size and then she has a question here what area is too big or small when you try on pants, what do you do with this? Then you, you're going to start, you just roll, run into the other room with, with a pair of shears and you start <laughs> cutting up the, the, you know, denim or what? How does this work? So how it works is we're actually, um, this isn't bespoke customization. This is, we're actually making pants in 400 sizes. And then based on the information that you give us, uh, we are a little um, cast. We're going to call our algorithm Casper. Thanks, Andy. That was awesome. Uh, so Casper will point towards the one that's actually predicted to be the best one for you. That's awesome. Okay. So then, then you find out the best yeah. one. Now, I have to warn you. We have – there's at least seven, maybe eight women who listen to this show. So the response <laughs> yeah. will be Yeah. Make momentous. sure that your site can scale – and because you're going to okay. get out of that, I predict at least two orders will come out of this, <laughs> not including Hattie's and Bailey's in the other room. Right. Uh, but seriously. No, we have a lot of women listeners that quit. Lots. Quit? I would say quit oh. and back to work would be the top two women listeners. The, la- the ladies love these shows. I just have to warn you. Well, so the ladies love Merlin. They do love Merlin. Uh, so here's my ah, question for you is how are you going to scale this business after the show comes out and yeah. and every woman starts slamming <laughs> the site? I mean, when you say this, I mean, I'm very serious about this because this is I think this is the kind of thing that that people are very, very interested today is getting something that although it's not, you know, you're not custom making them a pair of jeans, you're you're helping them find something that might not be available to them locally. This kind of service, whether it's coffee delivery, right, or, you know, sending you a mattress in a box that unfurls to be incredibly comfortable, or, you know, this kind of sort of personalized, customized thing that becomes affordable, that, that their people are getting what they really want. This really does seem like the way of the future for shopping and this type of thing. How how do you scale up a business like this when it starts to get? You, do you just do you just make more clothes? Is it as simple as that? How do you ensure quality? How do you grow it? You know you know what I'm asking. Or are these something you're saying? Ah, I'm not worried about that. I I am worried about it, um, and I do want to say that initially um, we are actually going to be pre-selling via Kickstarter um, in about a month. So our first batch is going to be pre-ordered, um, which lets us go to a, sort of a traditional factory and 
prove out our concept that the algorithm actually works, that it really does produce genes that fit women. Um, beyond that, I actually think it's extremely important for us to own our factories. Um, there's this sort of little known odd fact that, um, one weird, weird trick to reduce your that now. Um, if you have 94 factories strategically located around the United States, you can use ground shipping and get there next day. So I'm building towards lots of little factories, not just I won't probably do 94 in the United States. I would rather expand internationally first, um, you know, with like one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, one in Spain, one in Hong Kong, that sort of expansion, and then fill in from there. That's, that's pretty that's, cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, listen, good luck. And, uh, you know, when you're a huge, huge company, you know, with, with <laughs> factories in, in every single city in the world, just remember, you know, that it's all thanks to, to this show and thanks to, <laughs> to, to me thanks, specifically. And, and, so, and Andy McMillan. Well. <laughs> we had to bring Crystal back as a, as a guest. Crystal can come back anytime. I mean, anything that'll, uh, that, that'll, that'll, you know, be an interesting story like this, I think is interesting to, to me, certainly, and to the listeners. So, the, Crystal, good luck. And uh, don't forget, thank you. you know, don't forget how you got started here. And thank you very much for your call. <laughs> Bye, 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 Crystal. Bye, Crystal. Bye, Crystal. Crystal's gone. We got Crystal one. is a fantastic example of an XOXO attendee. We... She, you know what? You know, I got to tell you, she's really smart. She's got a really great idea. And at XOXO, right? Like she's one of so many people that are that have these kinds of right. great ideas. Like every... even the volunteers are people that are doing something that are that's amazing. Yeah, amazing. That's what blows me away is the volunteer people volunteer every year and they show up and we do like a little volunteer meetup. And right, so I'm Andy and I like to get to know everyone beforehand, and so you know we we have some beers and we and we talk, and it's just like why. Are, why are you volunteering? You're incredible. Like, this is nuts. Like, I cannot believe that, that you would want to come and help us. Like, we should be helping you. This is just, we're, we're very lucky that we've had some incredible volunteers over the years. And, and Crystal is, uh, a lot of our volunteers come back year over year as well. Crystal's one of them. And um, yeah, they, our, volunteer, our team of volunteers are, are crazy talented people who crazy. are exceptionally helpful over the course of the weekend and deserve um, even more praise than, than, than anyone else involved in XO. There's, it's just incredible that people would donate their time to come and help this, this weird thing. Listen, Andy, can you make time? I know you got to go. you got to get coffee and everything. You must be dying right now. Do you have time for one more call? I'll do, a, I'll do another call. All right, sure. last call, and then we'll, then we'll okay. call it a day. All right, uh, caller, you're on the air. Hello. Call. I, uh, uh, this XOXO festival sounds great and all, <laughs> and this Andy Bayo person... Sounds particularly fascinating and handsome and interesting, but I, I, I really want to ask about Andy's other project, his Kickstarter project to bring his award-winning design journal, The Manual, Whoa, to yeah, the web, to e-books, it's to a big deal. Books. It's a big deal. Uh, it's all under Creative Commons license. It's a, it's a Kickstarter project. I yeah, I haven't. Re- you haven't really dug into that yet. I'd really like to hear more. Is yeah, you see, you seem to Andy? be fa- fairly familiar with uh, with Andy <laughs> McMillan's work. Uh, it, you know, and it, I don't know. You you seem to be familiar to me in general. I, yeah, your voice. Yeah, yeah, something about your voice is familiar <laughs> to me. Doesn't seem that familiar uh, to I, me. It's obviously just another diehard I fan. <laughs> I follow him on Twitter. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's how I. 
So, uh, well, thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah, Andy McMillan, uh, can you can you share with the mystery caller, you know, some of some of the great work you're doing in this? We were going to get to that, Andy. Of course. Uh, well, I, I do another thing in addition to XO, um, which is that I publish uh, uh, the manual, which is a design journal for the web. Um, it's a lot of uh, kind of long, uh, longer essays on sort of design theory and critique, but applied to, to the web. Um, a lot of other uh, publications to, uh, around the web are very technical and are like tutorial led, and, and that's fantastic. But I, I have been trying to do something a little bit different for the last few years, and we are launching. We're currently in the throes of a Kickstarter project at the moment because we published three books. Um, the fourth book is uh, actually should be at our LA and London warehouses early next week, and so we'll be taking pre orders and shipping those pretty quickly after that. Um, but with the big thing that we're doing is that we have um, dropped the copyright back to Creative Commons, uh, and we are putting everything up on the web for free. And uh, we've launched a Kickstarter project to support that uh, with uh, voluntary web subscriptions and sales and, and subscriptions of new editions, ebooks, uh, and, and our audiobooks, in addition to the to the print uh, print books. And so uh, thank you very much uh, to that handsome young man who called in to, to remind... He's still on the uh, line. He hasn't hung up yet. I didn't hang up on him. Uh, he should probably just hang up on the line. By the way, that, believe, that's the other Andy who called in, just in the case the yeah. listeners haven't figured this out yet. I, why weren't he, I wanted him to be on the show, too. He didn't want to, we'll have to do a separate show with him. Well, we originally, we originally scheduled this to talk exclusively about the manual... And then we got we got waylaid by uh, by talking about XO, which is understandable because we're all still in the you know throes of bliss uh, from this thing uh, last weekend. Um, but I, yes, thank you, Mr. Bayo, for calling in. Uh, Themanual.org. Yeah, slash I've got all of this. By the way, all of this is in is in the show notes. So uh, yes. the show notes are five by five TV slash quit slash fifty five, and in there I have put. And I already had this in there because I was planning to talk about it at some point. <laughs> um, but the, the manual everywhere is the name of the Kickstarter project. You are about a quarter, a little more than a quarter of the way to go. It's in pounds. And this is very confusing to me <laughs> that it would be in pounds. Uh, but it, you're, you're measuring the ba- – and so uh, everyone should go there and pledge to this. The work that Andy is doing here and the, the desire the, – the fact that Kickstarter exists – and lets you come in here and 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 come up with something like this and then release it for free. So here's here's what's changing because people should know about the manual anyway. But if they don't, in the past it's been, like you said, it's copyrighted. It's been printed books and it's been copyrighted. And you'd say, you know what? Toy, get rid of that. <laughs> let's, do, let's publish this thing everywhere. You're going to get a print edition, sure. But now we're going to do an ebook that's going to be on every single device and audiobook which i love that's the smart that's the smartest part of what you're doing i and, am particularly excited for the audiobook and uh, we should be in a position hopefully very soon to announce who is reading our audiobooks um and i think that's going to get a lot of people excited as well i can't wait and then you've also got this fellowship thing Yes. What is that? So we have a, a small uh, group of readers. There are a lot of people who are super into the manual, and there's a lot of people who are who are incredibly helpful throughout the editorial process. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was like formalize that into a little 
kind of secret society club kind of like uh, have a have a build the, that into an actual community um, and give those people actual things that that they get uh, as benefits, which is getting to see kind of behind the scenes. You know, when the editorial is finished, we we will share it with those people. Um, you get to see kind of behind the scenes on on upcoming issues. Um, we are constantly iterating on the website and building new tools for the website. Um, there's going to be a lot of kind of exciting stuff launching in the next few months there. We want to be able to share that with a small group of people before it goes live. And in return, we're going to give those people, um, you know, not just ownership over the publication, but also um, we're going to send them gifts and rewards for helping us. And they're going to be part of this, uh, this little community called The Fellowship. And uh, there is a, a unique opportunity to sneak into the, the fellowship membership in the, in the Kickstarter project. One of the other things that we're doing is that we are going to, Paul Omari and I are going to fly to Iceland to see issue five being printed in March. Oh, wow. And uh, there are three, um, the, the highest backing tier is you can come with us. We're going to go to, to our printer in Re- uh, Reykjavik to go see the books be printed. And you can also come and crash at our Airbnb and we're going to have dinner and drinks and talk about the future of the publication. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that's, that's also pretty exciting. But that that's you, limited to only three people. If I'm looking at my notes here, is it that is right? lim- okay. limited to three people. That's what if, awesome. what, what if the people who do it, it's a 1500 pounds, mm-hmm. which is, I think like it's two and a half thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. $2,500. Uh, so, so these are people who are serious about it and who really, really want to support the project. Have you considered that what if they're kind of creepy and now you've got to go to Iceland <laughs> with some, some creepy people? <laughs> I think, uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think anyone who feels that passionately about the manual will be more than welcome to come and stay with us. Um, but we'll just get an Airbnb with doors that lock. Yeah, just make sure <laughs> right. you can lock the door. But Separate this is, rooms. I love know. this. And I've been a, a big fan of of the manual and of your work for so long. And it's, you know, the way that you buy, I, I just want to read a description of what the manual is because there's, you kind of describe it two ways. Uh, and, and so here I have these in my notes. The first one is the manual is a design journal for the web. We want to create a sustainable publishing model built on generosity and we need your help. That's how you describe it in the Kickstarter. But the way that I think most people uh, think of the manual in, in these, amazing, uh, these amazing books that you have come out with, these physical things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it must be fun to make a physical thing that like you can, you can write something and then it gets printed out and now it's, it's a book. You know what I mean? Like – You've been doing, I think it's, what is it, like three issues a year? Do I three, have that right? Three issues so far, and then the fourth is being released uh, in a couple weeks. In print. I mean, it's a real deal. Like, this is a thing. Like, it's it's a book, but only some people can get the book if they've been buying it. Why why make this big change? What's the, the, the reasoning behind it? Well, I mean, the, I, you, you have identified exactly uh, the reason why it used to be print only and why it, it isn't going to be print only anymore, which is that it's just really, uh, it's really cool that it's a printed book. We're all people who sit in front of screens all day. And so uh, me getting to, to produce a book and also people, you know, it's going to an audience of people who mostly work in, in front of screens um, you know, it's nice to receive and, and read a physical book and particularly something that so much 
time and effort has gone into not just the editorial, but the, the, the physical execution of the book itself. The books are gorgeous and will continue to be gorgeous um, for as long as we keep publishing them. But in terms of, uh, you know, the, the editorial that is contained in the manual, like having it locked into a, a printed book, essentially, you know, that we have a $25 paywall where you have to buy the book to discover what it is. You know, we've never had any articles up online. You know, te technically the book has been covered by copyright, although citing it would probably be covered under fair use. I don't know if our caller maybe wants to speak to that a little bit. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's difficult. And we, you know, we wanted to roll back and say, if we are genuinely trying to contribute to the conversation uh, around designing for the web, then this thing should be free and open to everyone, just like every other conversation uh, about web design has been over the years. That is why our discipline has got to where it is today, because the second that you learn something, you share it, you write it up and you put it on your blog, or it goes up on a list of parts, Smashing Magazine, and, and these publications uh, and the communities. Uh, willingness and, and uh, the their willingness to share everything that they discover is the reason why we've been able to kind of, you know, move the web so quickly forward over the course of, you know, 15, 20 years. And the manual was kind of acting against that by over-romanticizing the idea of being a printed book. Uh, we weren't actually really contributing to the conversation in in as meaningful a way as possible. And so that's why putting everything up for free online uh, and, and rolling the copyright back to a point where people know you can absolutely cite this and, and reference it if you're writing a, a piece in reaction. You don't have to worry about us coming after you or anything. That's, there's no, uh, there's, it's Creative Commons, so it's, it's very liberal. Um, and it, that was the, the reason why, is that, that so much of why it was a book in the first place was just kind of generally... Uh, circled the idea of print being this kind of interesting uh, romanticized medium. But in terms of the actual goals that the manual had of contributing uh, another perspective to the conversation, it was very difficult to do that because it was trapped in the book and, and it was, there was no easy way to reference what was going on in the book. And a lot of people, you know, we sold, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of copies of these things, but still it's it could be having so much more of an impact, and so that's what that's what we decided to do was was to put everything up for free um, online. That's why we're doing ebooks and, and audiobooks because it's going to open it up to an even larger audience. The stuff that we publish, it's we're told constantly. I follow up with the authors when the, the book is published and say, you know, is there anything that could have been done could have been done better? And the only feedback that we've received, and we've received it from almost every author, is. That was probably the best thing I've ever written, and only people who buy the book are going to get <laughs> right, to see right, it. Right, right, right. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people, for some people, that is the reason why they, they write for the manual. They can put very personal, honest things in there and know that it's going to go to a smaller audience. And, and it's very liberating for those people in terms of honesty. But the, uh, the vast majority of the writers uh, uh, have been frustrated that it, they, that it doesn't go online and it isn't something that they can share with people. And that previously you had to pay $25 to be able to, to and, you know, wait a week for it to show up. Um, this, this, I think, is much better. This is, this is what the manual should have been all along. Uh, and if, if you believe in, uh, in this kind of quality of writing, if you believe in this philosophy 
that that the lab uh, has been built on generosity and uh, we want to be generous with what we have. And if you believe in that, I, I would encourage you to check it out. The, the Kickstarter project is at themanual.org forward slash Kickstarter. You can go to themanual.org. Our full uh, issues one, two, and three are already online to read for free. People are sharing them on, on Twitter and all over Pocket and, and Instapaper. And it's just been incredible. This is what, it, what should have been happening the whole time. And we've got a lot of really exciting stuff to to update people on over the course of the next few weeks. We've been working on this for, for a little while, and uh, I am very excited. Well, you that should. Is my, that you, is my pitch. Andy. Go ahead. And, Andy's not going to say it, but I'll, I'll say it for him, which is that, my God, this site is beautiful. And the illustrations in here is some of the, uh, it, is, it is just an absolutely gorgeous site. Just so if you, if you care about web design at all, um, I think it's worth uh, worth looking at, and the and the you know the the, the writing uh, is like a who's who of uh, of design thinking. It's it's fantastic, and I have every one of these books. They're they're beautiful, and seeing them you know uh, in this new form is incredible. It's just it's it's gorgeous. Try it try it on your phone. Try it on your iPad. I mean, it's just the, the work that has gone into this is astounding. It it really is, and uh, well said. And I think this is something that people who are you know we we whenever we say these days in in 2014 we talk about design, uh, everyone immediately thinks web pages. But this is this is not exclusively to web pages at all. This gets much more into uh, you know there's so much and and so much of what I love about this is that it, it becomes very personal too. The stories that are told here and how they relate to uh, to 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 the world of design and and viewing the world as a designer. This is just some of the best stuff. It's great advice. Talk to everything about uh, you know passion to visual to not being visible visible. I mean, you name it. It's just it's just great. So people should go and check this out. And you know, I I wanted to say that Andy, you could have done this in what would be, have been a more traditional web style of doing this. And that would be, oh, I'll just put it up there and we'll put some, you know, Google AdSense ads and uh, hopefully it'll make some money. But e- even though you're opening this thing up to people, you're also still keeping it kind of cool and kind of like a club. And uh, and, and I love that. So congratulations on on this. And when uh, so people can go to themanual.org slash read to, mm-hmm. uh, to see w- what this is right now. And you can... You can see so the the previous issues, but the real thing that that people need to do is go to the Kickstarter, which again is uh, there and also in the show notes, and uh, and let's make sure this thing happens. Yes, thank you, Dan. One, was, you can yeah, donate well a minimum for... of of one pound, whatever that <laughs> That's means. Two dollars. Oh. <laughs> so go there and back back with one pound, and if you've got fifteen hundred pounds, then come and hang out in Iceland. Go, I, go to Iceland. I want to do it. Yeah, you we should do, do it, Dan. We should do it. But that's... can we, as five by five, be one person, even though we donate? No, <laughs> we'd have, we'd be two of the three. But then, what if the third person's a creep? You it's know, okay. You, We're all kind you, of creepy. Then you invite the third person. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. Yeah, right. if you do, you guys just want to take I, care I, of that those three uh, <laughs> the, the three trips to Iceland. Maybe there? we'll have. I'll just leave you guys to run. We'll that. have. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to because we want to protect you from weirdos out there. <laughs> Thank you. I feel obligated. I need a, I need a line of defense. Yeah. All right. Well, so you let one of them call in, so 
That's true. So listen, Andy, we don't have time. We don't have time to go into why Andy McMillan will not come to Austin, but he has vowed to not ever come to Austin. Also, if if you want, you can follow him on Twitter, but he will not follow you on Twitter unless he's met you in person. And then he has to admit, I respect that. You remember my rule. Yeah, he's got a lot. This is a man who seems, when you meet him. He seems really laid back and every, but he's got a lot. The man is living oh, under a lot of rules. And yeah, I uh, love rules. So he on Twitter, if you want they're to follow. They're not rules, they're constraints. Yeah. Cons- that's okay. cons- yeah. Constraints are good. He works within constraints. Constraints are good. You can follow him, Andy McMillan, on Twitter, A N D Y M C M I L L A N. Dan, Twitter. is he following you? Yeah, we had a conversation about that last year, I think, and or okay. the year before. And it well, can... the conversation for following me is happening now, so. Oh, okay. so he doesn't <laughs> follow you. All right, done. Sorry. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I have met you, Hattie, so you, you, that's fine. I passed the, the test. Role. See? Yeah. You I, can... breaking, I have two rules. I, have to, I only follow people that I've met. And I have to keep it under 250, and I'm at 257 <laughs> because I met a bunch. I met a bunch of really awesome people at the weekend, and I had to follow them. So I have to. I'm going to have to go through, and maybe I'll have to bump that number up. I've been meeting too many excellent people recently. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. So he Very is good. he is good on paper.com for his main site. Of course, the manual uh, is is linked to from there as is XOXO. Uh, we have all of these things in the show notes, and please do check out the great work that both of these Andys uh, are doing, but especially uh, especially uh, the manual itself. And uh, Andy Bayo, thanks for calling in. Yeah, is he still there? Yeah, he's okay. Still, he's still back there. to work, Andy. There's yeah. Look at the inbox. There's a lot of stuff in there. You want to get back to work? <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, thanks. Sir. Thanks for the call. And Andy McMillan, thank you so much for being here. And uh, people, please do go check out the great work that uh, that he's doing. And thanks for all your time today. I appreciate it. And uh, I know it was Andy. Andy has risen to the point now that I'm aspiring to uh, that. I, I hope I'll one day reach where I have handlers who set up, <laughs> oh, who yes. set things up for me and have a time. And, and he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't really know what he's doing. He has a handler and the handler sort of says, Oh, don't worry. You have this thing that you, that you're doing on this day. Right. And, and do, don't, no, 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 don't email Andy directly. Email me <laughs> and oh, I'll make God. sure that he is where he needs to be at the right time. So you have handlers. I'm aspiring toward this. And I don't know how it happens. I don't know what happens. But one day I think you wake up. And, and then you just have someone standing there. There's someone there. standing there. They're like. They have a clipboard and they yeah. say, this is the list of the things you have to do today. And they make sure that you, you know, that there's a car waiting. Right. Or that there's a shirt that's been pressed. Umbrellas in if your it's raining. Umbrella. They hold the umbrella over yes. you. They get wet. You don't yes. get wet. That's I only you. wish this this was true. Mm-hmm. Mari is running uh, like operations for the manual, and she scheduled this interview because I was running XO. It's nothing quite as opulent as what you're describing. <laughs> you know, I I appreciate your modesty, and you definitely need to maintain the "I'm a humble guy" thing. I get it, uh, but he has handlers. He has handlers, and he won't come to Austin. And that's we'll, you know what we'll have him back another show. But listen. Uh, Really, do go check out his Kickstarter and his project. Super cool stuff. Back it. And uh, back it up. And maybe go to Iceland. And maybe go to Iceland. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Dan Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And it was really good to see you over the weekend. I'm Wonderful sorry we didn't get to talk so much. But, you, were, uh, you were doing your work. And Thank we you for putting it, it on. And yeah, thank you for making you for it so it. awesome and letting if us If you do it visit. next year, we'll, we'll keep our try to come crossed. out next year. <laughs> well, let's, we'll see. <laughs> 
We'll see. That's what you said, <laughs> we'll last, you said the last two I years. I think that's good. I'm glad that he's saying we'll see. Yeah. That's good. We'll see. Keep us all on the edge of our seats. Yep. All right, and thanks very much to your handler for making this possible. And Andy, other Andy. <laughs> other Andy, thank you for making it possible. We'll talk and to Crystal the, for calling. And Crystal. And Crystal. And we'll make time for the other Andy on the show if he yep. ever will, will come on it. He will come to Austin, Andy Bale. Thank you. Yeah, he likes barbecue. Food I am so I'm much, trying, so I'm actually trying will. to get uh, I'm trying to get Andy to Austin. He won't do yeah, it. Yeah, the go eat. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, Hattie right, is thanks, uh, Hattie Bird on Twitter. H-A-D-D-I-E Bird on Twitter. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Uh, Wax Pancake is the other Andy. Yep. And then Andy McMillan. Go check them all out. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.